Riverside. Grant, good evening, man. Season 2, Episode 2, Garage Takes. Happy to be here with you tonight, my friend. How are you? Great to be here, Dave. I'm doing well. Um, good to see you again. It's been a couple weeks, so good to get back on the pod, man. Yeah, it's great to be here and want to shout out everybody that is tuning in right now and listening to Season 2, Episode 2 of our Garage Takes podcast. I want to send a specific shout out to Annie Caldwell, who I forgot to give a shout out to last time. Um, Annie is a student of mine at my school who created our Garage Takes logo for us. So shout out, Annie. We greatly appreciate you uh, helping us kind of give us our own brand. So we we appreciate you for for putting in the time uh, to help us out a little bit. Thank you, Annie. Um, Also, all of our listeners, subscribers, or those of you who listen but have not done so yet, make sure that you hit the follow or the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to, whether that be Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it. Make sure that you follow. It's the best way to support the podcast in addition to giving us a five-star review and even a a positive comment or two would would help us as well. So um, we appreciate all of you for having our backs, and we are just happy to be back. And, man, I don't know about you, Brant, but... I know we're going to get into Big Ten Media Days, um, talk a little Michigan, little Michigan State, little Big Ten in general, want to talk Lions with you, you know, training camp opened this week, uh, a lot of buzz around the NFL, the Lions are really seem to be kind of a hot topic, and I don't know if it's because Dan Campbell's the coach or um, because they are literally recording the team right now, um, which is pretty cool to see just kind of the spotlight on the lions, but I want to talk lions with you and then, uh, do a couple of fun segments as well. Uh, I know Brant's got a, would you rather segment planned for us that I'm excited for that I know nothing about and I'm slightly nervous for. So Brant, you ready to get into this man? Let's do it. Big 10 media days. Okay. So let me start here, Brant. Did you listen to what Kevin Warren had to say at all? I caught maybe five minutes of his. Um, I I know he talked expansion. Yeah, I I mean, a a couple of things I wanted, not even that I want to hear your thoughts on, but just I thought was really cool because I'm not the biggest Kevin Warren fan. I think the Big Ten leadership is poor really across the NCAA, uh, but I just date back to one of the worst times of my life. And maybe this is pathetic. This is one of the worst times of my life, but I think it was like the end of July or early August of 2020. And the big 10 told us that they were canceling the football season. You remember that? Yep. It was a bad day for everybody. Bad day for everybody. Well, the sec was planning full force to move on with football. And we were about to be stripped of college football. That was really disappointing. The Big Ten really, really, really fumbled just the rollout of all of that. They were behind, and it seems like the Big Ten is just always behind. Well, I don't know about you, Brant, but I felt somewhat optimistic listening to the Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren talk at Big Ten Media Days, and he went first. Normally, they go last, and everybody's kind of checked out by that point. They've heard from all the coaches, but he went first, Uh, and things that I really liked. First of all, it seems like the Big Ten – finally seems to be innovative and like a head of, like a step or two ahead if you will um Kevin Warren is not hiding at all when saying they're looking to expand the conference you know that you've got UCLA and USC joining in 2024 
There's also rumblings of Notre Dame, Oregon coming. I mean, I'm not going to gripe again about how sad it makes me to see the changing in college football, but I'm going to buy into it. It is what it is. You're seeing two super conferences about to happen between the Big Ten and the SEC, and Kevin Warren seems all in and and seems to be pretty open in talking about expanding this thing, which is really exciting to hear that we're not going to be just a step behind because it seemed like you see the SEC pulling in Oklahoma and Texas, and you're just rolling your eyes like, here we go again. Big Ten's about to get left in the dust. And it seems like Kevin Warren seems to be forward-thinking in terms of all this, which has me excited. He also is a, an outward proponent of the college football playoff expanding, which I know, Brant, you and I are both uh, in, in favor of that. And just the NIL stuff as, as well. He seems to not be hiding or trying to sound politically correct, if you will, about all this NIL stuff. I think everybody agrees right now it is kind of the uh, wild, wild west, but everybody's trying to figure it out. So for me, I felt a little bit refreshed listening to Kevin Warren just say those things and say, like, we're aware of just the general climate of college football and and, and we're looking to expand and just be innovative in the future. So, Brent, I don't know your thoughts on that. Yeah, Dave, I think he talked about maybe five, six teams. Um, for those of you that don't know, the leaked teams were Oregon, Washington, Cal, California, um, and then Florida State and Miami and Notre Dame, obviously. So there was um, a good amount of teams that would bring a competitive balance that are um, you know, academically qualified to be in the Big Ten, and that's a big thing for the Big Ten that they want to have is that academic component still. Um, maybe, maybe other conferences don't see it that way. Uh, but the big 10 definitely has that standard. So they're going to keep that no matter what. Um, one of the things is, um, as I was kind of listening to him talk, Dave is when you, when you talk about expansion, um, the sec is on a trajectory that's not going to stop. They will be the number one. Like they, they they just keep adding teams and adding teams. If the ACC can't get their stuff together, if the Pac-10 can't get their stuff together, and the Big Twelve, so the SEC is not going to stop. So I think Kevin Warren took that approach of, yeah, I'm not stopping either. And um, whether it's uh, four four more teams, five more teams, six more teams, whatever it is, uh, he will make sure that the Big Ten is in the best position possible. And like you said earlier, Dave, I wasn't a big fan of him either earlier on. Um, but I think today was a great step in the right direction um, for the future of the big 10. I, I would have to agree. And I'm definitely tuned in now. I just, I always feel like the big 10 is behind on everything and they always want to, you know, kind of be politically correct or do things the right way. And it kind of bites us in the butt sometimes. And so I'm happy to hear that Kevin Warren's kind of got one foot out in front of the other in terms of all of this. So that, that had me excited. Brant, I shift our attention real quick to the Michigan state football program. Uh, Mel Tucker, his presser. I don't know if you caught any of it. Uh, do, do you have any initial thoughts off the cuff or do you want me to toss a couple of things out at you? Just toss me a couple. All right. So first of all, one of the things that stuck out to me, what Mel Tucker said, he was kind of questioned about, I don't have the exact question in front of me, but basically the reporter who asked the question was trying to get a feel for just how he's going to sustain his football program through the transfer portal. And I really liked Mel's answer. He kind of compared it to his NFL days of getting guys through the draft and then supplementing that with free agency. And I really like that analogy because he basically said, look, 
the transfer portal is what it is. I mean, we're bringing in, and they are. I mean, if you look at their recruiting class, like they're starting to bring in these four-star kids more consistently than they've been able to do in the past. They're bringing those guys in, and then they're supplementing them with what you call now college football free agency, which is the transfer portal. Uh, And as you know, Brant, these guys are able to transfer basically whenever they want right now. They enter that transfer portal to say, hey, look, I'm looking to go elsewhere. And Mel Tucker has been really a pioneer of all that and and built the team that he had last year. See Kenneth Walker, former Wake Forest running back. Uh, He built that team through the transfer portal. And so I kind of liked his analogy with that. And Brown, know what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, don't forget about Jaden Reed either. I mean, he was a uh, transfer as well from Western Michigan. So basically their two best players last year came through the transfer portal, and he had to build a lot more in the last year or two through the transfer portal, not so much through the recruiting classes that Mark may have left him. Um, But right now he's kind of crushing it on the recruiting trail. And, um, you know, they got a top 25 recruiting class right now uh, for 23 and – if you saw anything that they did, Dave, um, they brought in the Lamborghini, Ferrari, whatever it was, uh, for their big day, and it made a big impression on a lot of the kids. So it's it's not them throwing bags of money at recruits. Um, I don't think MSU or Michigan is going to take that route. Um, they're not going to do a pay-for-play thing, and I'm not going to get into that right now, but I just will say that when they bring in the Ferraris or the cars and all this stuff and they and they show you what your opportunities could be if you come here and you're a junior and you get a car or whatever it might be, um, or this is what your future is going to look like, that um, that really shows the kids uh, you know, how serious you are and uh, they want to be a part of that program where those things are available to them at some point. Um, again, it's not a pay for play, but it's a, something that you can attain. Right. I, I would have to agree. And I mean, you're already seeing, I'm very curious to see, I forget his name. Who Who's that kid, that cornerback they got from Georgia? Is it like Amir Speed or something like that? Yeah. His last name is Speed. I know that for sure. Yeah. I, th- I think it's Amir Speed. Like you're obviously anybody who watched Michigan state football last year knows that they got absolutely obliterated on, on defense and specifically that secondary, um, a lot of work to be done there, but you know, you go in, you get in, I I believe his name is Amir speed. Correct me if I'm wrong. Sorry if I am. Um, but you, you go in and I just think it's creative, right? Like you, you look at a Georgia football program that had an outstanding defense. Amir speed had some starts under his belt, got hurt, By the time he was healthy to come back, he had basically lost that job, did not get the same playing time, you know, that he was getting after that injury. And so he's seeing the writing on the wall, enters the transfer portal and who's knocking at his door. It's Mel Tucker who needs that help desperately um, on the defensive side of the ball. So yeah, I I think he's very transparent and unapologetic about how he's going to build this team. And until these rules change and maybe they won't, He's just going to continue to do this. And and truthfully, I think for a program like Michigan State, who you are competing in state with a program like the University of Michigan, who are going to naturally attract more four-star and five-star kids, you got to get creative in this day and age. I think Mel Tucker's, uh, he's ahead of the curve on this. So um, I, I liked his answer there. And then the other thing that he talked about was just the overall, the culture in East Lansing and the feeling around the football program right now. And I think the, the, analogy he kept using is that we're going in and chopping wood like basically we're we're going in and we're going to work every single day nothing's going to be handed to us and you hear that kind of stuff from football coaches all the time Uh, but I thought he kind of backed it up 
when, and I don't know if you saw Brant, what Pat Narduzzi had to say about, uh, did you see that about the, the bowl game? For those that don't know, Michigan State played Pittsburgh last year in their bowl game. I forget if it was like the Peach Bowl or whatever it was. Uh, but they played Pittsburgh. They beat Pittsburgh. And Pat Narduzzi, former defensive coordinator for Michigan State, um, he, under Mark D'Antonio, sorry, so before Mel Tucker got there, he's now the head coach of Pittsburgh. And he went on to say, well, Kenny Pickett, who is Pittsburgh's quarterback, he didn't play in that bowl game. And if he would have played in that bowl game, it would have been a 21-point difference. Um, basically saying if if his quarterback would have been there, well, they, they would have won that game handedly. And I thought Mel Tucker, you know, these coaches take stuff like this personally. And he basically said, like, I'm not going to talk about things in the past. The game was played on the field. You saw the result that was there. He never griped about the fact that he didn't have his best player, Kenneth Walker didn't play in that game either. Um, and so I, I think that Mel Tucker is a guy, you know, as a diehard Michigan fan and brand, I know you are too. You can't help but respect this guy. And um, I, I'm not going to say hats off to him as something that you would say, Brant. Um, but I will say uh, he's got my attention and my respect for sure. He's, he's hard not to kind of buy into what, what he's doing over there in East Lansing. Yeah. Um, when you talk about Pitt, handily winning that game. I think you met tiny handily winning that game with Kenny Pickett. Um, he also has <laughs> those baby hands, uh, Jared Goff jr. Over there. Um, anyway, no, I, I don't like the take from Pat Narduzzi. I think it's reeks of sour grapes. Childish. It's a bad, yeah. It's a bad take by him. And it's someone that was actually, he was one of the highest paid coordinators at one of the times uh, when he was under Mark D'Antonio. And to come out and say something like that, I think it hurts his friendship probably with Mark D'Antonio. Uh, I know Michigan State fans were up in arms about it, and um, it's just not a respectful comment. And it didn't need to be said. Um, if you think that you're going to walk into the Big Ten and beat teams like Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State, Iowa, I mean, you're you're fooling yourself. The ACC is not what – the Big Ten is top to bottom. Uh, Clemson has had their nice run. I totally get that. I totally respect it. And I'm not going to dog on Clemson. Um, but I'm just uh, going to say top to bottom, the ACC is not as good as the Big Ten. So, Pat Narduzzi, go ahead and shut up. Whoa, okay. Shots fired. <laughs> um, all right, Brent. Shifting out, all right, there, I, I gave my, whatever that was, 10 minutes of Michigan State football. Yeah, I told you I would I would build it in. Sierra, if you're listening, that was for you. I know you said you needed some more. Uh, I know you said you, you needed some more Michigan State football. We appreciate your support of the podcast. So, that, so there you go. We sprinkled that in for you. Brant, Jim Harbaugh, he gets to the podium. What do you, what do you think? You texted me earlier today and you were just, you were, you were wanting something. What weren't you, what were you fishing for? And you knew that Jim went to the podium. What did you think that I was thinking? I was baiting you because in my mind, I thought, holy cow, this is the best job Jim Harbaugh has ever done in front of a microphone. And if Dave is not going to give this man credit for what he just pulled off, then Dave is just a hater. So, um, I was waiting for you. <laughs> hold on thank you i i i'm i'm giving him there you go that there's the round of applause for jim continue um and all i could think was dave is gonna find a way to hate this man one way or another but he 
he absolutely, I don't know if he had a game plan going to that or he went off the cuff or whatever he did. He's a pretty thought through guy. So I would think that everything, every string he pulled there was on purpose. Um, Cause that's just the way he goes about his business. But I thought it was a tactical, very smart approach from Jim Harbaugh. And he said all of the right things outside of the, the quarterback controversy, which Dave, both of us knew the whole world knew that we weren't going to get an answer. And I think we have to be okay with that. And I am okay with that personally. I mean, you can't tell me it's going to be one or the other right now. Anyway, they'll have to play it out, whatever. Um, but I am, I was thrilled with his responses. Brant, I was thrilled too. And I know that's going to come to surprises. Our fellow listeners who have heard me gripe about Jim Harbaugh over the last year, but, um, and, and the reason why I, I have my reasons for, for griping Jim at the end of the day, I'm happy if Michigan is winning and, and that's, and I was very happy last year. I struggle. And I've told you this brand. I struggle to listen to Jim Harbaugh in interviews. He's a quirky guy. He's very corny with his responses. He's very programmed with them. I was totally expecting some, well, you know, my Jim Harbaugh impersonations, Jim, who seems to be standing out so far over the summer? And he continues to list every single player on the roster as a standout, which is just every single year he does that. Mike Sandra still has been a standout for like nine years and he's still on the team. Um, didn't hear any of that. That was really refreshing. Another thing I didn't hear when asked about specific players. Oh yeah. They just, they love football. These guys love football. I just, I don't have much to say besides they just come to work and these guys just love football. I mean, that is the stuff that Jim has said for years. And there was a different tone for the first time, Brant, since he took over this program and it can't, you saw it last year. I'll give him credit. I think last year it started and I think the players that he had, Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo, Dax Hill, Josh Rock. I mean, these guys set the trend. They set the culture and the climate, but I think Jim has totally embodied it. He's got me bought in, Brent. I know it is ridiculous to say in his time in big 10 media days, he's got my attention, but he does. Yeah. I, I am. I'm drinking it. I'm drinking. You guys can't see the video right now. Brand is pouring the Kool-Aid and I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. And the reason is because he just gave outside of the quarterback question, which whatever, like you said, I wasn't expecting him by any means to give an answer of who's going to be the quarterback of Michigan football. We're going to do that topic in a later podcast episode here in the next couple of weeks. But the fact that he got in there and asked about goals, you know, for, for the season, Brant, he had four goals and they're very easy to name. And I was very, very happy about one of them. I don't know how you felt four goals, beat Ohio state, beat Michigan state in the same year, win the big 10 championship, win a national championship, national championship, probably a very, very lofty goal right now, but you want to hear that from your head coach, right? Especially if you just made the college football playoff, you want to hear that. But Brant, do you want to know what I like the most out of those four goals? Yeah, sure. He named Michigan State. He named Michigan State. And he should. They've lost two years in a row to them. It's not like Michigan just steamrolls them every year. Like, I, I don't know. I think they're like, five, he's 500 against them or something like that. Michigan State comes to play against Michigan every year. And every year, I feel like Michigan just 
isn't quite there. They don't have that same tenacity. Really, outside of maybe the year we had Devin Bush, where he was like tearing up their field before the game, like outside of that year, it doesn't ever seem like Michigan comes with the same tenacity and the same energy to that Michigan State game like Michigan State does. And then after, you'll hear comments of, well, Michigan State, that's like their Super Bowl. Like that's their championship is to beat Michigan. Well, great. I want that to, and I said that last year, I want that to be Michigan's game. Like just like it is against Ohio State. And and I would be fooling myself if I said, I want Michigan to beat Ohio State way more than Michigan State. Now, like I want them to beat Michigan State just as much, if not more, because I don't know about you, Brant, but we live in the state of Michigan, and most of our friends who are not Michigan fans are not Ohio State fans. They happen to be, wait for it, Michigan State fans. So it's important, and I loved that he named it. That was awesome. The other thing that I loved, his stance on the NIL. Um, after following up Kevin Warren, Big Ten commissioner, he went on and said, you know, they, he, I think one of the reporters who asked the question had said, well, Ryan Day, and I mentioned this on the last podcast episode, Ryan Day said he needs $13.5 million for his recruits. Jim says, I think we can double that. He he wants, he thinks that these players should be getting a cut of these Big Ten uh, TV deals, which is where the big money is. I thought that was awesome. And, and you can't disagree with that. That's not asking for boosters or someone individually to write a check. That's saying, hey, look, look where the, the bulk of this money goes into this multi-million billion dollar industry these tv deals these kids should be getting getting a cut of that and you want to know who had the most watched game in the entire country last year brant michigan did when they played michigan ohio state yeah and so i i love jim stance on that i'll turn it over to you yeah i mean same thing uh same thing for me i love the nil take and uh did you say what he what his exact words were on the nil yeah no. About the $13 million when he was asked about that, his exact words were, we'll double that. And that just made, that just gave me good feels of like, yeah, Jim is here. He's going to fight for these kids to get their money. Um, and there's no doubt about it that he's on the player's side on this, which is great to see. Um, so that is a great part to see too, Dave. Um, I just, I just think overall with the NIL situation, the recruiting, some things have got to start churning because the recruiting class is not showing that we're doing our jobs uh, as a Michigan football staff right now. So I think, uh, I think that maybe that comment will go a long way too. I mean, recruits are going to hear that and think, Hey, I would like a piece of that pie too. So um, definitely the revenue sharing is something that needs to be explored by the NCAA. Unfortunately for all of us, the NCAA doesn't have any leadership. So that's just unfortunate. It is unfortunate. I think that what, what Jim Harbaugh said and just his stance on the NIL came at a critical time because I mentioned on, yeah, we, we talked about the recruiting downfalls um, on the last episode, but I had said too, I, I think that Michigan kids do have these NIL opportunities. I, I just think that they kind of keep it a little bit more hush hush, or they just don't broadcast it or market it the same way as these other programs. And that's frustrating to me when your marketing is the whole transformational, not transactional. I get it. Sounds great in theory, not going well for a lot of these kids, the the elite kids, the transactional piece is very important and they don't care about the Michigan traditions that we're selling to them necessarily. But when the head coach comes out there and says, this is how I feel about it. These kids should be getting X, Y, and Z and 
making much more than they're currently making. I mean, if I'm a kid and I'm I'm on the fence right now of Michigan and maybe there's a NIL deal out there dangling from Oregon or Texas or you name it, I go, okay, well, my head, my head coach is at least forward thinking with this. The Big Ten commissioner sounds like he's open to this. I just think it was really good. The NIL stuff, I was very happy just to hear kind of come full circle to hear it right from the horse's mouth from the two people I wanted to, which as a Michigan fan was Jim Harbaugh and then the big 10 commissioner. Um, so I, I, I was really, I left this feeling hopeful, if you will, that would be the word that I use. And just like I kind of opened up with Brant, Jim's demeanor. I don't know how it felt to you. To me, it felt like he really seemed like a football coach, not like he was trying to be funny or elusive with questions or have these corny one-liners. He seemed like, no, we're out here to attack. Um, we're we're coming to win the Big Ten championship, and he's not flinching, right, to use his words, when he talks about winning a national championship. I loved it. I go back and I use the word tactical again because I, I just think he has the, those tactical things about him that you've seen in the last couple of years that I hadn't seen before in the first five years of his job. So um, I, one of the big takeaways f- for Jim Harbaugh as well was, um, like you said, kind of the no-nonsense uh, he did a great job talking about his players again, like he always does. But um, he really seems rejuvenated, or there's a different air about him than there has been. Obviously, winning a Big Ten title will do that. When you have leaders like you do have, it does help a ton. But it, you almost get the feeling that this isn't Ohio State and everyone else anymore. It almost feels like, hey, Michigan State is right on the cusp. Michigan's already done it. Uh, you know, Penn state's always going to be right there. So, uh, it just doesn't feel like Ohio state owns this thing anymore. And it's kind of a little bit more up for grabs. I agree. And I will to just to wrap up this segment with big 10 media days. I know we're going to get into the Cade McNamara and JJ McCarthy debate at, at some point here in the near future. And Brand, I know you already know what side of the fence I sit on that. Well, Cade, McNamara, I don't know if you heard anything he had to say this week, but that kid and JJ McCarthy's the same way. Their answers are so polished for this age that they are right now. I know that's not everything, but like, I'm going to be honest, listening to either of those guys talk, I'm like, wow, that's the leader of our football team. Like it's, it's one of the two of them, if not both of them, like that was very promising. Cade has just this calmness this confidence about him this swagger about him that like he has not flinched amongst all this conversation of that he shouldn't be the starting quarterback and jj's got the most upside i'll give it to to cade mcnamara that kid talks like this is his team and he's not messing around i just think that there 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 is this chip on the shoulder of this michigan and it's not entitlement a lot of times i feel like with michigan football comes entitlement like we're owed this we of course we're going to be good of course like nope we have been in the dark ages for a very, very long time, and I finally am starting to see the silver lining and feel like we're coming out on the other side of this. So I'm I'm super excited just about the uh the direction that it seems like the I was I was nervous when the when these guys left, Aiden Hutchinson left, what the culture and climate would be like this year. It seems like it hasn't missed a beat. Um so I, I'm has me very excited for that. Brant, are you ready to talk Lions? Let's do it, baby. We're calling this segment, Brant, Buy or Soul. 
<laughs> that is my play on buy or sell. Um, that is buy or same old lions for those of you that have never heard S O L. Um, but basically this is a buy or sell segment. We had really good feedback on our buy or sell from the last episode. And I just wanted to toss this out to you and I wasn't going to, but honestly, just today seeing all the news come out of lions camp and seeing, uh, Dan Campbell do these up downs with the team again this year. Like I, I just, it's hard not to talk lions right now. So I'm going to toss 10 different statements out to you. Um, not as bold as last time, but I want to hear your thoughts on the brand. So buy, or I want you to say soul. Okay. Okay. Got it. All right. Number one, the lions culture seems to have finally changed. The playoff curse will be broken in the next three years, meaning that they are going to win a playoff game in the next three years. The culture has finally changed. Are you buying? Because that's what you're hearing right now. Are you buying that? Or is that some SOL stuff? I'm buying it. Uh, I'll buy Dan Campbell. Um, I think he's going to get this team to play off near the playoffs this year. But if you give him three more years, absolutely. I'll uh, buy it. Number two. DeAndre Swift, Lions running back, is poised for a breakout season. I toss this in there because you're seeing a lot of hype come out about DeAndre Swift this year. A lot of stat predictions. Is he poised for a breakout season? And will he have one? What would you consider a breakout season, Dave? Would you say a thousand yard rusher? Yeah, I, I think a, a thousand yard rusher and I'd say five hundred yards receiving. Okay, I wouldn't go that far, but I'll buy the thousand I'll thousand dollars. I'll buy the thousand yard rusher. I'll buy it. Okay. Um, I am going to buy it as well. I think he'll definitely, he should be pending. He stays healthy. I'll buy that because I think Deandre Swift is very talented and is coming behind a really good offensive line, which we're going to talk about in, in just a second. I toss in that 500 receiving yards just because he can be that dual type of threat. And I think that if, if they draw up the plays for him, and I know it's going to be difficult with Jamal Williams in there as well. I think that that's possible. Number three, Jeff Okuda, Ohio State Buckeye, number three overall pick just a couple of years ago. Jeff Okuda is going to have a comeback season for the ages. Soul. Buy or soul? Oh, soul. oh whoa, whoa, okay. <laughs> I know I kind of jumped the gun on you, but I was ready for that question. Soul, I think he could be a serviceable cornerback uh, in this league, maybe he makes the nickel, um, but I don't, I don't foresee him to be a star by any means, or to live up to the number three draft pick. I think he is not going to live up to the, he already hasn't lived up to the number three draft pick. If you take a cornerback number three overall, it better be Jalen Ramsey or better. Um, and, and Jeff Okuda is not it. Um, and, and sure he has not had the snaps. He just hasn't health has, has absolutely tortured him. And that's something that can't, can and can't be just out of your control, right? Just freak things happen. Tearing your Achilles. It happens. Um, but he just, uh, no, heading where he's at right now in his trajectory, the Lions should be hoping to, to be able to have him be, like you said, a serviceable cornerback. And I think he can be that. I guess you have to define comeback season. If he can play 16 games, 14 games even, I'd take it and, and be able to start every game. I think he could have a really nice comeback season. But he's not going to ever live up to that number three overall pick. That hype, anyway. Number four, Brant. Amon Ross St. Brown is really that good and defenses are going to need to plan to contain him each week. Soul. Um, and that's not a knock on St. Brown as much as it's a knock on Jared Goff. Um, I just don't think that their passing attack will be 
that of, um, hey, we have to worry about the pass first, run second. I think you worry about the run first, and then you worry about the pass second. So I don't think um, – I think you're trying to say, like, St. Brown will be, like, maybe an all-pro type. Not Maybe not all-pro, but definitely of maybe the top 20 wide receivers in the league. I just don't see that for him. Do you see any comparisons with uh, Debo Samuel? No. Okay. And I don't mean just the running piece. I just mean being able to plug right. him in a lot of different schemes in different spots. No, I don't think he's he's that type of physical guy like Debo is. So I, I just don't see that comparison, I guess. Okay. Line, all right. No, I forget what number we're on because I didn't number them in my oh, agenda. Just... But, yeah, number five, thanks. Lions offensive line will finish – Rank, being ranked in the top five in the NFL at the end of this year. Top five. I will buy that, and I would also put money on that. They wow. will be that good. I would have to agree. I think Penny Sewell is, if he can take the, the leap that he probably will take, I mean, he's still very young. He was young when he was drafted. He had the drama with, when Taylor Decker was out, the left tackle, right tackle thing. Man, he got it figured out last year. And you bring back Taylor Decker, Frank Ragnow. I mean, that that offensive line has a chance to be really special. And my God, Jared Goff is going to need that. All right, number six. Aiden Hutchinson is the real deal. The Lions got a steal at number two overall. And what I mean by that is he really should have been the number one overall pick. Bye. Or so, uh, soul. Um, I love Aiden Hutchinson. I just think he's not a Bosa. He's not a Chase Young, um, and and those are the guys that you're comparing him to right there with that type of draft status. Um, I will go soul, and I think he still has a nice number, maybe six, seven sacks on the year. But I think to be at that upper echelon, you need eleven, twelve sacks. I'll take him at half that. Well, Brant, let me push back on that then, I because I, I don't disagree, and I, I have heard that, we we heard that even leading up to the draft, that he's not the Bosa's, he's not Chase Young, I, I don't disagree with that, but looking at Trayvon Walker, looking at Kayvon Thibodeau, who, do you see one of those two guys getting more Saxonated Hutchinson this year? No, um, but I just think that Aiden Hutchinson, a lot of his sacks, if you watch him at Michigan... Um, a lot of that came from the bull rush. A lot of that came from the power moves. And I think he's just going to struggle in the beginning, and he's going to have to finesse his way. He's going to have to speed his way to the quarterback. And I don't think the other two that you mentioned will do those types of numbers as rookies either. I think they'll still be very good players, don't get me wrong. But I don't see Aiden Hutchinson having those type of finesse moves just yet, and he's got a lot of work to do uh, to to get to the Bosa or the Young status, I think. Okay, that's fair. All right, next one. Teams who selected wide receivers ahead of Jamison Williams will regret that they did not take J-Mo. Oh, man. Um, wasn't Chris Olave selected before? J-Mo? Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, he was, along with Drake London, along Drake with Garrett London. Wilson. Okay, I, I think I'll, I'll go with Soul. Um, I will Soul that. Uh, and I think that... Olave and Wilson are going to be step in day one pros that are going to be very solid. Uh, Drake London, I don't know much about, so I'm not going to talk out of the side of my mouth, Uh, but he's going to struggle in Atlanta. That's all I can say about that. Um, 
I think Wilson's good enough, and I think uh, with Zach Wilson there with the New York Jets, I think they're I think they could actually get something going there. Um, so I'm interested in that. And the Saints um, without Sean Payton will maybe be a little bit of a struggle, but I think Chris Olave is just so talented that it'll be tough for him to struggle. So I will sold that. I think with the right quarterback, and it's not Jared Goff, I think I would would buy that. I I think Jamison Williams is the the top end breakout wide receiver um, in this class. I think the other wide receivers are very, very good potential to be um, studs in the league, quite honestly. But I do think that Jamison Williams has the ability to take the top off a of defense that these guys don't. I mean, Brant, you pay attention to Madden ratings, 98 speed rating for JMO, man. I mean, come on. That's got to tell yeah. you something. Kid's, yeah. kid's pretty good. He's got to get healthy, though, first. All right. The next one, and I don't have the exact quote, but Aaron Glenn says that the Lions defense is going to play violent this year. Like they're going to play rough. T- I mean, it's the it's the biting of the kneecaps, right? Like that type of, do you think, knowing that the, the guys who are on this defense right now, do you see them being a defense that is A, violent, and B, that teams are actually like, whoa. Like not even that they're the most talented, but like they're going to play you tough. Do you buy that? I'll buy I'll buy both of those, Dave. Um, and I think with Dan Campbell and the way that he wants to take this defense and with the way that maybe Hutchinson can be a leader on that defense right from the get-go, um, I think it'll be something special to watch. I don't think special as in like they're going to be a top-10 defense. I mean special as in they won't be last. Um, so, and I mean, that's fair coming off of what they were last year and they started showing improvements at the end of the year as well. So I just, I really feel like they're going to have a step forward in the right direction and I will buy that they will be violent and they will be determined every single week. Okay. I have the final two statements that are going to be somewhat similar. Jared Goff will be the quarterback of the Lions when they win their next playoff game by or soul soul. Do I have to go into d- detail? Mm, give me <laughs> a little, give one. me a little bit. Give me a little bit. Uh, lions are going to be looking to get rid of him after this year, I believe. And, or he's going to look for extension and they're not going to work that out. And they will look for their next quarterback in the next draft. They will not make the playoffs this year. Okay. Brant, but you said that they would get a playoff win in the next three years. So we're Correct. looking at a time a timeline here of not making the playoffs this year, assuming that we're, I'm, I'm guessing, getting a, a rookie quarterback this coming or, spring. So that so that gives them year one or year two that rookie quarterback or second year quarterback is going to win a playoff game. You still stand by that? I mean, it could be Jimmy G. We could have another quarterback. Come okay. In here. All right. Okay. All right. That's right. I just I wanted to see where I, that's it. That's all I wanted to know. Who knows yeah. where Baker Mayfield will be next? You know no. what I mean? There's there's plenty of possibilities, Dave. Johnny Manziel, somebody. Yeah. All right. Somebody just dug up Josh Rosen. Don't forget about that. That is true. That is true. Josh Rosen was on the custodial staff, and now he is <laughs> back fifth string quarterback somewhere. All right. Yeah. Last but not least, very similar to the last question, Dan Campbell will be the head coach of the Lions when they win their next playoff game. Bye. That man deserves it. I will buy that. Um, I also think that um, Brad Holmes loves him. I think that 
Um, the Fords love him. I just think it'll be hard to, he's got to lose some serious games to be in trouble here. He's got to go like in the next, this year, if he wins under five games, I think he will be in some trouble. But I think if he wins six plus, they'll be very, very satisfied with him. Which is a low bar to set. Let's not act like that's a high bar, Dave. But yeah, I think right. for the Lions and Lion Nation, that is a reasonable bar and a very attainable bar for him to meet. Um, and I think that it goes a long way. All right. That's fair. Brant, I'm going to kick it over to you, my friend. That was buy or soul. Same old Lions. You had a lot of soul in there, by the way. But what, I, my, what I'm stepping away with is you believe in Dan Campbell and you think they're about to, to win a playoff game in the next three years. That's all I care about from that segment. Keep the receipt. You heard it here first. Yes, all right. For sure. All right, Dave. This, oh, I jumped the gun here. Would you rather? Go ahead. All right. So this is my would you rather segment, Dave, and let me break it down for you. I basically put it into four different categories, and I'll let you choose what category you'd like to do first. Uh, this is a little bit of a game show edition. So there's going to be three different questions under each category. So you choose which category you'd like first, Dave. Um, I'll give you the four categories now. Coaches quarterbacks, fan experience, and miscellaneous. Quarterbacks. All right, Dave. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Heading into your college football season, Dave, you're the head coach. Would you rather have Peyton Thorne as your starting quarterback or Stetson Bennett? Stetson Bennett. And the reason is because, I mean, I think that Stetson Bennett, not I think, I know, just won a national championship. Maybe it wasn't because of Stetson Bennett, but man, he he quieted a lot of people down at the end of the year, especially beating Alabama in the national championship game. Uh, Peyton Thorne, I think he's a very, very good quarterback. Uh, I'll take Stetson Bennett, though. I think those, those who have won and who have been there, I, I tend to lean th- that way. Okay. Uh, let me tell you why I asked that question too, is because uh, I saw this article where Peyton Thorne was ranked 25th and Stetson Bennett wasn't even on the others should be considered list. So I was kind of surprised I by that. See he does that. get a lot of yeah. national media hate. He really does. Uh, but if you look at Peyton Thorne's stats and Stetson Bennett's from last year, they were eerily similar, except for Peyton Thorne had about 500 more yards passing, which makes sense. Um, okay, Dave, question number two from the category quarterbacks, long-term deals. Kyler Murray just got signed to a big fat contract for the Arizona Cardinals. He just outdid Deshaun Watson. Um, and I guess the question is, would you rather have Kyler Murray leading your future franchise or would you have Lamar Jackson yet to get a contract? Who would you take Dave? Ooh, that's a really good question. I, I'm gonna go Lamar Jackson. Wow. Okay. Yeah, just because I Kyler has this aura about him of just not being able to get it done when it matters, and this has been consistent. And maybe it's the Kyler Kingsbury tandem together. I don't know, but until I see Kyler go out and win some key games or actually advance in the playoffs. I'm going to go with Lamar. Lamar's at least been closer. Um, I, I don't know. They're they're I don't know who the more talented 
quarterback is, uh, if I, if that's fair or whatever in this question, but it, I'm going to take Lamar Jackson. I just think that he's uh, he seems to have more of that winner's mentality about him. Kyler is like the, you know, deleting the Cardinals off his Instagram. Like, I, I don't know. I'm good on that. Okay. Let's just hope Lamar takes less hits in the future. That's what I really hope for him is he's got to get down more. Um, so I definitely can see that from your aspect, Dave. So the last question on the quarterbacks is – uh, would you rather ha- okay so this is old faces in new places dave so would you rather have russell wilson start or would you rather see him win this super bowl or would you rather see matt ryan win a super bowl wait where they're currently at yep yep russell wilson or matt ryan i'd rather see matt ryan Okay. Yeah. And with the Colts. Yeah. I have Michael Pittman in my dynasty fantasy league. So (laughs) I am low key, a Colts fan and am pulling for Matt Ryan to just resurrect himself and not blow a 28 point lead in the Super Bowl. Who do you think has a better chance to win it this year? I will go the Colts. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I think that, um, the Broncos are dripping with talent. I mean, <laughs> but 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 they're so untested right now, right? right? Like Javante, yeah, new new head coach, Russ in a new scene, playing in Mile High Stadium. Javante Williams looks really good. He's not proven yet. You know, you got Melvin Gordon back there. You still don't know what you have in Jerry Judy. He's never popped quite yet. Cortland Sutton's good. I I mean, I don't know. There's just too much unknown there. I think the Colts are really good. I think they got the uh one of the most talented running backs in the NFL in uh, Jonathan Taylor. Guys, in if the not the stud, most talented, if not the most talented, uh, Big Ten guy, shout him out. But um, <laughs> I, I think that they are very, very talented, and they're close. So I'll go Colts. Okay, Dave. All right, you want coaches, fan experience, or miscellaneous next? Uh, coaches. All right. Let's see here. So. Um, you have to choose one of these two coaches to be your head coach of your college football team. Would you okay, rather of Michigan? Have okay. So Jim Harbaugh's out. All right. I just want to set the stage. Yes. And, and I couldn't set you up with a Jim Harbaugh question. So, all right. Would you rather have Ryan day or Mel Tucker? Mel Tucker. Wow. Yeah. And it, it's not close. I, I, Ryan Day inherited a kingdom that Urban Meyer just left to him. I'm not saying he's not a good coach, but he was handed a kingdom, and he. It, I, I don't know. I just I think Mel Tucker. I look at the the two of them, Mel Tucker coming over from Colorado, leave, picking up the mess that Mark D'Antonio left him at the time of year that he left them. I'm way more impressed with what Mel Tucker is able to do and win 11 games with Michigan state last year. Um, than I am with Ryan day walking in with a bunch of five-star kids. I mean, he, they're, they're supposed to win. They're supposed to win. Michigan state's not supposed to win. Mel Tucker has been winning. Uh, give me Mel Tucker. Okay. Dave, I want you to put your NFL hat co- or coach hat on now. Um, would you, what offense would you rather coach? Would you rather coach the Lions offense 
or the Packers offense? I would rather coach the Lions offense because no coach in the world wants to be working with Aaron Rodgers and the diva himself. I don't, I don't need that mess in my life. I am, I, I'm getting too old for it. Even at this age, I wouldn't want to deal with Aaron Rodgers. Um, and so for that, for that reason alone, I will take the Lions offense and just the excitement, the excitement of working for the Lions. Like, are you kidding me, man? There, you can only if you're te- the thing is, Brant, it's a win-win there. Like, if you're terrible at coaching that Lions offense, it was to be expected. The expectations weren't high. And if there's any remote signs of life or like a touchdown here or there, you're like, you're a hero. Green Bay is like, oh, well, you have Aaron Rodgers. No, thank you. I don't want to deal with Aaron Rodgers. Give me Detroit Lions all day. Uh, I'm about halfway through this, and I am like 0 for 5 on what I thought you would select. (laughs) Perfect. Um, That's the way I like it. All right, Dave. Now I'm going to have you put your gambling hat on, something you're all too familiar with. Um, Easy. What's that supposed (laughs) to mean? (laughs) Uh, Okay. So we have... um, the head coach of the year odds are out. Um, Dave, for your money, would you rather bet on Dan Campbell to win coach of the year for the NFL or Bill Belichick? Dan Campbell is plus 1,200 or Bill Belichick is plus 2,500. Better, better known as the GOAT, Bill Belichick. I'm never going to put my money on Bill Belichick. I, I can tell you that right now. I, it is way more fun to watch Dan Campbell and, and pull for him. I would put my money on him. I don't know what it takes, though, to get coach of the year because, in all honesty, I don't see the Lions winning that many games this year. So I wouldn't put my money on either of them, if I'm being quite honest with you. But I would take Dan Campbell over uh, Bill Belichick. All right. Dave, noted, hated Bill Belichick. Got it. Um, yes. All right. So uh, we have fan experience and the miscellaneous categories left. Oh, let's do the fan experience. All right, Dave. So the fan experience, would you rather attend the Lions home opener game or the University of Michigan's home opener? Oh, yeah. Uh, That's not even close. U of M, big house. Don't care if it's Colorado State. I don't. I don't care if it's Pioneer High School they're playing against. I would rather be at the big house. You know, there's something about that experience um, with the flyover, all that stuff. It is really cool. I have been to a Lions home opener. It is pretty cool, too. But there's just not the juice that is at the big house. Yeah, um, not I would even agree close. On that one. All right, Dave. All right. So it's a pregame. You're going to have to choose between the tailgate or the home experience. What would you rather have? Would you rather have the tailgate that you can go to, or would you rather sit at your house and watch the game? So I guess I'm saying, would you like to go to the tailgate and watch the game as well? Like have the whole tailgate experience with some buddies, or would you rather sit at home and watch the game? Maybe Ooh, with some buddies. That's a, that's a really good question. At, at this point <laughs> in my life, it's more the stay at home and maybe – watch it with my, which my buddies are my kids and my wife mostly right, right now. Right. Sure. Um, but I, I would take that most of the time A tailgate though. I mean like you, me and Curdy, 
headed to Ann Arbor this year to watch Michigan State. Like that experience is going to be awesome. I personally don't need to do that more than one or two times a year. I much more look forward to just getting comfortable in uh, in my own home, tuning into that game. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, Dave, would you rather have the NIL, how it is structured out today? No. Or <laughs> the other one. Whatever. Well, I was getting to that. Uh, the salary cap or – revenue sharing or labor union collective bargaining, however it plays out. Would you rather a different path than what it is on today? Different path than what it's on today. Okay. And can you explain what that looks like a little bit? Is it revenue sharing? Is it a labor union for these kids? I mean, labor union would be tough with guys that turn over every two, three, four years. Um, you know, I don't know if you can necessarily unionize it, but I, the revenue sharing probably makes the most sense. I I really have so many concerns about all of this that we're going to have to just do over the course of this season of uh, Garage Take Season 2 because I, I texted you this. I think there was, I had a lot of concerns about Title IX, how all this shakes out. I think that this is just the start of just a complete and utter nightmare for the NCAA. Continue. All right, Dave. We are at the miscellaneous section. You don't have a choice. Right. You have to use it now. <laughs> Yeah, right. let's go. All right, let's do Jaden Ivy. Okay, now we're talking. Year. I like the miscellaneous category. <laughs> Jaden Ivy, rookie of the year, or would you rather see JJ McCarthy start against Ohio State? JJ McCarthy start against Ohio State. Wow, that I was tough. I, don't for you. I could. T- No, no, it really wasn't though. Like I rookie of the year would be great. That would mean great things for, for the Pistons, but man, I am so passionate about JJ McCarthy being the starting quarterback. I absolutely want him to be our starting quarterback against Ohio state next. All right. Game day morning, bloody Mary or mimosa bloody Mary. It's not close. Bagels or donuts. Bagels, not a big donut guy. All right, the tailgate food, chicken wings and chili or sloppy joes and cold cuts? Chicken wings and chili. All right, last question. Old-fashioned or white Russian? Old-fashioned. All right. That's a go-to. Got to be a bourbon guy. (laughs) Yes, sir. That's the go-to. Yes, sir. That wraps the wood water segment. Okay. All right, that was fun, man. That was a that was a lot of fun. I was- I've enjoyed yeah, I've enjoyed that. And Brant, I texted you earlier and said I know you so well. I knew I thought I knew what you were gonna ask me in that segment, but you did not. I'm just gonna say what I thought you were gonna ask me and then let's g- move on to this last thing and get on out of here because we're coming up to an hour. I thought you were going to ask me questions like Would you rather the Pistons win an NBA championship or the Cowboys win a Super Bowl. I thought you were going to ask me some questions like that to test my fandom. And no, I'm not um, answering I, that, by the way, right now. But I thought that's what you were going to do. Yeah, I tried to keep the dreams out of it. Um, you know, those are so far-fetched. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Fair enough. All right, man. Hit us with uh, these three over and under win totals uh, for this coming football season i know you've got michigan state you've got michigan and you've got lions and in fact i can read them if you want me to um go ahead and we okay cool 
Let's start with the NFL. Right now, Vegas has the Lions over under win total at six and a half games. Do you think they go over that or under that, Brant? I will go over. Uh, I think they're going to have a, a favorable schedule if they can just must. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, well, that was automatic. So, you didn't even have to sorry. push that button. The, <laughs> the program just knew. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, no, I, I think it's an over, and I think it's because more of the schedule than it is anything else. It's a pretty favorable schedule. Okay. I will take the under on that. I I did laugh there, but I, I think it's close. I, I have them at six, six games. I bet that's how many they win. Five or six. I don't think that they get seven wins this year. All right. Next one. Michigan State over under. Vegas has them set at seven and a half. They go over that. They win eight games. They go under that. What do you think? I'll take the under. I think I have to see it to believe it. For right now, I think they can get to seven. Eight's going to be pushing it. Um, but I think it's seven or eight. But I'll take the other. We're going to have to break down their schedule um, soon when we do Michigan's as well. But uh, I, I will take the over. I'll take the over okay. on that. Michigan set at nine and a half. What do you think? Well, there's four to five gimmies to open up. So uh, I'll take the over. Okay. I will take the over because if they don't win 10 games this year with the schedule they have, we've got problems in Ann Arbor. So um, I I will leave it at that. I'll take the over on Michigan and Michigan State as it stands today and the under on the Lions. And Brant, you are not feeling the Spartans this year. You'll take Michigan. And that, that over on the Lions, that was a bold call. But, um, man – as always, been a great time recording with you. Season two, episode two, enjoying these fun little segments. Um, all our followers, our subscribers, are just regular fans of the show. Give us some feedback. Let us know. You know, shoot us a text, an email, comment on Facebook, whatever you're comfortable with doing. Let us know if there's a segment you want us to do or something you're interested in us talking about. We'd love to do it. We do this for you guys and, you know, slightly for ourselves too, just because we love to love to talk sports. So uh, we appreciate it. We are out of here. Brant, I will see you in a couple of weeks. Is that right? Yes, I will see you in a couple of weeks. For sure. All right. Garage Takes Episode 2. We are out. Powered by Riverside.